Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Ray and Kay Today Talking Sports with Frank. Sports Radio on the dial. Check us out. We'll make you smile. And they spit it, don't play. And we're talking nothing but the NFL and NBA. MLB, college football, college basketball, some tennis for y'all, a little bit of golf, maybe some hockey. Don't you understand? We'll bring back Rocky. Let's start the show. Well, let's start the show. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray, Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and we are hyped up on this Monday in April talking some sports. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, check us out at rayandtaytoday.com. Your emails, rayandtaytoday at gmail.com, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, iTunes, YouTube. We pretty much got you covered. But you know what? We did not choke. We're here, and we're here to perform for you. So we'll oh, get into it. Oh, come on we'll now. Well, nah, I know, I know. But listen, everybody's like, is it the top three worst chokes ever in history? Oh, man, I feel awful. But we'll talk about the Masters. We'll get into some off-the-field stuff, some NBA, little, you know, get a little bit of get you ready for the NFL draft, some hockey predictions, all that good stuff, some MLB, because it is on fire. Ray, did Danny Willette win the Masters, or did Jordan Spieth just relinquish it in a very, I don't know what way? Because, I, I mean, Danny didn't really even know that he was in the lead until 16. He's like, what's going on? I don't even know what's happening. What are your thoughts? And, and congrats to the Masters 216 champion, Danny Willette. The thing is, when you win the Masters or any golf tournament, you play four rounds. So, yeah, one hole, and he did have his 10-cup moment there, Jordan Spieth. So if you yeah. think of that one seven that he had on 12, putting it in – Ray's Creek, you like that, right? Ray's Creek, Ray (laughs) took him down. Yeah, I saw that. But you still have to play four rounds. You just have to play four rounds of golf. And Danny Willett, the Englishman, was in contention. He was a couple strokes back, going in. And it's hard to say that one guy won it and one guy didn't win it. I don't want to say choked. Um... Jordan Spieth's about a, as good a golfer as there is on the planet. He just had one bad hole. He had his 10-cup moment, and it just so happened that was on 12, and once he lost the lead, he couldn't get it back. Um, so you know what? Both guys contributed. So Willett was there, and he didn't go anywhere. And by the way, Lee Westwood came in second also, so give him credit for sticking around. Yeah. Uh, but He played well all just, week. And him and Danny it played together. They kind of pushed each other, right? Yeah, and it just shows you in golf, one hole can cost you a tournament. You know, you, you, you do this 270, 280 strokes, one hole costs you a major championship. And it would have been back-to-back majors for Spieth. But you know what? Uh. It wasn't to be. It wasn't to be. Danny took care of business. Did you see he was FaceTime with his wife? <laughs> that was a good 
that was a fun story. So yeah, both of these guys contributed to the you know to Listen, ultimately him I winning. I threw it the out there on Twitter, and I felt if Jordan had won this, that maybe from the big three of him, Rory, and Jason Jason Day, that possibly Jordan could be sort of the leader of those three. Where we talked about it before the Masters started, or on Friday, where we both sort of felt that Jason Day might be that guy. Jason Day, you know, had a better uh, day yesterday. He wound up, was it a one under par? He was came tied for ninth place. But, I, you know, I don't think – the thing about Jordan is he is such a solid player that I could see him being in contention pretty much any match. As long as he doesn't sort of lose it, right, he doesn't take these huge – risk he doesn't drive it so far he's you know more middle of the road and he's a pretty good putter so to me I I see him you know I mean they're all going to be around poor Dustin Johnson came in uh what third or tied for third fourth place could he can't seem to ever get a major and you know you just see even a Smiley Kaufman who was basically in second place right behind Jordan to start the day totally collapsed. I don't even know how far he dropped. That was sad. You know, it, it can be a rough amen corner. It can be different, you know, but we did have what three holes in ones at 16 Davis loved the yep. third. Did you see that? That was awesome. Ray. I was like, that had me hyped up, baby. And Bernard longer hung tight for three rounds. He, he kind of gave it up in the last round, but I'd like to see the old guys, you know, the old veteran would have been the oldest ever. Great story. So the Masters, it it entertained us. And what you want is Sunday, the last, you know, the the back nine, you you want it to be exciting, you know, maybe even really close. And this wasn't super close, but then it became close and then it became not close. You know what I mean? So it was sort of weird. Like he kind of like won it and lost it really fast. But you had to feel for Jordan because it's hard being the former champ put the jacket on the new champ. That was not easy. I, I, I thought that. It's sort of ironic that – by the way, if you're the defending champ, who puts the jacket on you? So if Spieth would have won it again, who puts the green jacket on him? You know, who I don't – put it on I him? I don't know. But you're right, though. It, it's crazy that – I mean, it's one thing to put – defending champ to put it on the current champ. But when the defending champ comes in second <laughs> – and thought he was one. You could see the disappointment on Speed's face. And you know what? At 22, he'll definitely recover from this. And I think he becomes a better golfer because of this. So oh, I think he's 23 now. But yeah, you're right. No, he definitely going through this in your never. at this point of your career. I think is is actually a blessing in disguise. I think it'll make you tougher. It'll make you stronger. You don't take things for granted, and you'll be you'll be hard to beat on the back nine or the, or the back 18, the, the last round of a major. I definitely agree. It will be fun to see the rest of the majors this year, how they play out. I got a funny question. Now, you know, ESPN, they show you the leaderboard and you see the different flags. So the first, I guess, six guys were American and, and Great Britain. But what's up with the flag? Did they change their flag? It wasn't oh. always um, – the white with the red stripe? Oh, well, that's England. I mean, they might go – because you could say Great Britain and then just have a British flag, or you could say Welsh or Scottish or English. They have their own little flags. 
Okay, so, you know, crazy, but I'm, that's they what got I was wondering. Home. Is that the Scottish flag or is that a, you know, because that's well, not red the and white. Flag. Yeah, it's just yeah, white with the red crisscross. Like I'm not English used to that flag. flag. Yeah, that's that's England, England. Yeah, so okay. when they're in the World Cup, they have their own English. They play under the different, you know, they play under England in the World Cup. They don't go, you know. Like, wait a minute, England, this, Scotland, we got Wales, some different, you know? some different flaggery going on here. I don't like that. <laughs> they tried to run a, pull a power <laughs> on you. Ob switching us some flags. So, Ray, we got to go to off the field and leave the Masters before we get to the NBA. A couple of different things to talk about, some NFL. We'll have some fun getting to talking a little bit of draft talk and stuff. But first, a tragedy in the NFL. Um, Saints, Will Smith, Saints defensive lineman um, who retired. From I think New it's York. From, uh, yeah, from – is he from White Plains or Yonkers or something? Queens. Yeah, he, I thought he's from Queens. Was it Queens? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, shot and killed, senseless. He's uh, 34 years old. His wife was shot, basically, in some road rage incident. And it's just, it's sad. And when you read the tweets from Drew Brees, and, and people don't realize, man, this guy was so a part of Katrina and still entrenched in the community with charities and so, so many great things. And guys are just devastated. I mean, he was so well-loved. Sean Payton was like, my city is broken. I mean, that's, that's heavy, man. It's heavy. And at some point, I don't know if it will happen in our lifetime, but at some point, human beings will wake up and really start to think about what, what, what is going on with guns in, our, in America and why so many people have them and so many people use them to kill other human beings. It, it's, it shouldn't ever be a conversation that fades away, but unfortunately it does. And it's, it's, it's too much, though. It's just too much. It really is. So, Rest in peace, Russell Smith. You were a great player, and from all that we can tell, just even a greater a greater person off the field. So props to yeah, props rest to you. In rest peace. in peace. And let's, let's get rid of the senseless violence. You know, we talk about sports and the concepts of entertainment, but but this is just goes beyond that, and this is just a, a senseless tragedy. So – this would be a tragic thing maybe for some coaches to find out that Johnny Manziel might be living with Von Miller or Josh Gordon. I don't know <laughs> which reports are By true. Have you heard about Josh Gordon today? What did they say? They said that he failed a drug test last month. Yeah, hanging so out with Manziel. While you're you on, while you're on probation waiting to get reinstated, <laughs> I guess they test you over the year. And there's a report now, and I don't know how that report leaked out because this is private, but putting that aside, there's a report that he failed a drug test for marijuana. Again, uh, Gordon. Well, not to put it on Johnny because it's Josh Gordon's fault, but he's also been going to clubs with Johnny and hanging out all the time. And, you know, if I was the Broncos owner and and Elway, I would not want Von Miller hanging out with Johnny at all. Um, cause Von Miller's had his issues in the past. I know they're friends and ex teammates from A&M, but just stay away. Now the jets after the great Debrick, Debrick Ferguson, who only missed one play in his career, uh, retired, the jets needed the offensive alignment. So they traded a fifth round pick to the Broncos for Ryan Clady and a seventh round pick. Do you like the move? And does that, uh, if he's healthy, does that really solidify he's younger than the Ferg, uh, Does that solidify their O-line right there, the left tackle? That's pretty nice, huh? 
No, I think it's a great move. I think it was a must move for the Jets. The Jets have too many pieces starting to fall in place to now suddenly lose your left tackle and not fill that with a veteran. So I think the Jets made an absolutely great move. Ryan Clady need to, needed to go anyway from Denver just because of the cap situation that they are in. So they determined that he's the guy to go. He's the odd man out. So I think it's a win-win for both teams. I don't think the Broncos got enough for him, but as a Jet fan, hey, this is great. Bring Ryan Clady on. If right. well, they wanted to free up cap money, right? Both these teams need to free up money. To. Yeah, because the, the Broncos are still trying to get Kaepernick, and then the Jets want to you know sign Fitzpatrick. So maybe this deal helps everybody, and we'll see how that plays out. I would believe fourth or fifth round the Jets would still draft um, a tackle because Clady is not not the healthiest uh, uh, guy in the world. You know what I mean? So you, you got to watch out for that. So look, now the draft's coming up to 28th, and on the 25th we will have our preview show. But each, each episode, getting to it, we'd like to sort of talk about some positions and players and where you think they might go. Now, look, this draft is probably defensive heavy more than anything. I think you have some decent depth in the quarterback and got some good receivers. Not great, but good. A couple, you know, just a couple guys. So we're going to take the top three projected running backs, and Ray and Tay will kind of place them on a team. Now, look, there's, there's definitely – Besides the three, there's some other names out there. There's uh, Perkins from UCLA, ProSize from Notre Dame, Howard from Indiana. Ray, you might remember he was on that UAB team that got basically closed down and defunct or broken up. Then there's the Dixon kid, Kenneth Dixon from Louisville. But we're going to talk about the top three, Elliot, Henry, and Booker from Utah. So, Ray, I'm going to let you go first. Where do you think Ohio State's Ezekiel Elliott is going to land in the 2016 draft? And he, is he the only first rounder potentially? Zeke, the running Zeke. back position. So I've so heard Zeke Zeke being compared to Doug Martin, mm. and I've heard him being compared to Edron James. So I think he's somewhere in the middle. He's a three-down back. He's not as big as Edron James, but he's fast. He's got good hands. He can stay in the passing game. He can run. He can catch. He's the real deal. The only problem for him is that high first-round draft picks have been a little bit of a bust recently. So those are two offsetting factors, right? He's special, and he separates himself from the pack in this year, even Derrick Henry, in terms of prospects. I think Ezekiel Elliott projects better in the pros. So I think there's only one team that would take him very high, and I think he'll go to that team. I mean, to me, he's he's kind of in that 15-ish range, but Ooh. there's one team that really needs him, and I think that's the Philadelphia Eagles. And wow. I think the Iggies take him at eight, and they need some stability at the running back. You're position. saying you believe the Ryan Matthews rumors that they might want to try to shop him and trade him? You know, there's a reason why San Diego let him go. There's a reason why he can't handle 25 carries a game. He's a talented guy, but I just think he gets hurt often. He doesn't score, and he, for some reason he never reached his potential. Remember, he was a first-round pick, late first round out of San Diego, um, you know, to San Diego. He was projected to be, you know, a borderline all-star, just never really came into his own. Now, he's great in that – Chip Kelly offense, actually. He was a much, much better fit than DeMarco Murray. So I think Ezekiel Elliott gives them the three-down back. They may even keep Ryan Mathis. He may be too expensive, but I think they like 
Zeke, and I think he'll go to Philly. Okay, I'm not mad at that. I'm, you know, for me, I, I, I thought about that with the Eagles, but for some reason, I think they're going to wind up taking Ronnie Stanley and go offensive line. Peterson is sort of that protege of Andy Reid, and he loves him offensive lineman. Um, for me, I think Ezekiel Elliott is going to get drafted at number 13 by our friend Hank Mitchell, the Miami Dolphins team. I think they need a running back. I think losing Lamar Miller and missing out on all these other options, they were talking about Chris Johnson. They are dying for a back. I think the Eagles leave Ezekiel out there for them, and I think he drops to 13. So let's 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 see and hope for Dolphins Nation that they can get him because I think Ezekiel Elliott is special. No, not girly special, but I think he's a special back, like you said, three downs, and he's got good hands. I think he's going to be a, a good receiver as well and a very good blocker. So next up, our boy Derek Henry, the Heisman. Does the Heisman carry enough weight to get you in the first round, Ray? I think it's guilt <laughs> by association. Let me tell you who the last few University of Alabama running backs, outstanding college players. Mark Ingram drafted 22 by the San Antonio by the San Antonio by the uh, New Orleans Saints. You had Eddie Lacy going middle of the first round to the Green Bay Packers, and of course you had Trent Richardson going number was it four or five. Um, to the uh, to the Browns, so don't forget about T.J. Yeldon, who people compare him to. T.J. Yeldon, but he's TBD, right? The jury's still out on him, right? He just finished up his rookie year. You know, not great, not terrible, good, very good, yeah, good, good rookie good. year. So to me, Henry's going to be put in that category of: Do I want to spend a first round draft pick on this kid? And I think the answer is going to be no. So I, I think he's going to drop, and I think he's going to drop to the middle of middle to late second round. I think I have a feeling though that there's one team that's going to go for him, and they might even move up because they're at the end of the second round. I have the Carolina Panthers, your defending NFC champions, looking at their roster and saying Jonathan Tol- Jonathan Tolbert, right? That's a combination of Jonathan Stewart and Mike Tolbert. <laughs> Jonathan Tolbert. <laughs> So Stewart gets hurt way too much. This is the first time Stewart was able to go through the majority of a season. I mean, even when he split with D'Angelo Williams, he was always getting hurt. And That's a perfect Mike place for him. I just don't know right. if he'll and go that late in the second round. Other teams need so back. I think Carolina will move up. I think he'll be a second round. Or do you think, and I think Carolina will move up and get him. pick in the first round and pick 30. I don't I don't no. think they'll get him at 30. I, I, I think he'll fall okay. into the second round. But okay, I, I do think it's a good fit for Carolina. He's he's a big back. He can run up the middle. He's got some speed. Remember, he was the he was Ron Studd coming out of high school. He was the number one running back. Oh, you know, he, he was like right the I Robert Kimdiche of offense when he came out. <laughs> you know, everybody well, wanted Derrick Henry. Remember, he ran pretty fast at the combine for that size. I mean, he's like, you know, they're comparing to Brandon Jacobs a little bit. I'll say this about Henry. He's a stud, but he's a downhill runner, one cut and go. And for me, that is perfect for the best offensive line in the NBA and NFL. And that resides down in Jerry's world. And I say the number four pick 
goes Joey Bosa probably. They're going to get some defense. But in the second round, they're going to help Romo because Alfred Morris. You don't think they like Alfred Morris? Fourth year, still I, a young I, guy? I, I think they like him. But I think with what they know about pounding the rock and running backs getting hurt and McFadden's your number two and, yeah, they have um, the third kid that catches balls. Um, they have him still. But I think they might want to get a thumper. And I think Henry will go to the Cowboys in the second round. I think it's like pick 34 or whatever. So that's where I see Henry. Now, how about our boy getting healthy, Devontae Booker, who quiet is kept. We remember during the season before he got hurt, I mean, he was a beast at Utah. This guy is probably underrated, Ray. Devontae Booker is the real deal. Where do you think he's going, man? So I'm going to tell you a team that has all world talent, especially on offense. And they need that solid one solid back. I like him going to the New York Giants. He's a playmaker in the third round. He's a playmaker. He is a yards after the carry guy. He, I think he rushed for 11 touchdowns last year. He caught 37, 38 balls. And he's a guy that can play all down. Now, the Giants have the big back in Andre Williams. The guy, Rashad Jennings, who did well two years ago but had a disappointing year last year. And I think the Giants are fed up a little bit. And they want that one guy that can go in there, tote the rock, and make some plays because you know – that Eli Manning is on the downside of his career, but he's got himself Odell Beckham. If Victor Cruz can stay healthy, he's got Akeem Nick. He's, he's got his old crew together. And if they could get that running back situation taken, and you know Shane Vereen can make plays, but Shane Vereen is a is a you know a situational back. But if you could get a playmaker, think about the Giants running back playmakers you know give Eli another playmaker and wow this team is this team is dangerous so yeah third round top of the third round to the Giants that's where I see your boy going okay I'm not mad at that well I gotta tell you I think Booker is special and I think a couple teams could use him that I've been you know kind of looking at the Colts and you know, uh, even maybe the Saints. But I have those guys taking other backs later. But for this, these top three backs, I'm going to say that the Seattle Seahawks, you know, look, Thomas Rawls has already been injured. You don't know if he can really do the job per se. And I think Seattle knows that running is still their bread and butter. So I say that down at the, the bottom of the second round, I think the Seattle Seahawks are going to take a shot at Devontae Booker to replace Beast Mode and to run the ball with Thomas Rawls so they have a committee, and those two guys will solidify what they need with the developing offensive game that, you know, Russell Wilson and Baldwin and the other receivers, and then when you bring back Jimmy Graham, they'll be all set. So I like Booker because I think Booker, he's, I think he can be a three-down back as well. Wow, Okay. 
So, yeah, man. So a little bit of fun, you know, talking some NFL. I think maybe on Friday we'll maybe look at the receivers. There's a handful of, of good receivers. We'll have to build up to the quarterbacks because that, that we might have to save for the draft preview because there's some good there's – a, there's a ton of quarterbacks. So maybe we'll even do it uh, next Monday. But wanted to kind of give the audience a little taste, our thoughts with the draft and, you know, our, some of our predictions. I think it's going to be really fun. Ray, it is – before we get to the NBA, I've got to ask you a quick question. Not that we really care, not that fans truly care, but Manny Pacquiao, healthy, took care of Timothy Bradley. This is their, what, third fight, I guess. Um, yeah. Unanimous decision. Does he, or do we as fans, deserve, and I almost want to say, I don't know if I'm asking this in a positive way or a negative way, do we deserve to see Floyd go for 50, and Manny Floyd rematch. What do you think? Would it happen? Should it happen? And should we care? Well, well it's probably, it's probably seven, seven or eight, eight, years, eight years, later years later than it should have happened. Should have happened. But I will say I'm a sucker for these kind of fights. <laughs> Even because the there's rematch? not much out there. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pay fifty dollars for okay. it, but okay. I will watch it at some point. I, I paid for the first one, and I'll never do that. Yeah, again. I can't, I can't, I can't do that. I can't give these cats my money. I mean, you 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 made me wait seven years, and then you charge a hundred dollars, and no, I can't can't do it. But I am interested. You know, I, Mayweather said he's done at forty nine. Now forty nine and oh, that's the best record ever. It's tied for the best record ever. So that's like the Golden State Warriors deciding yeah. that they don't Not want to play, play tomorrow on Wednesday. They're like, oh, we just won't play. We just were 72 and 9. We just won't play. We tied the 72 wins and, and we just take a break. So so give us a, a you know, a DMP on Wednesday. We don't want to oh, play Memphis. Man. So to me, Pacquiao may it would be fitting if Pacquiao or Mayweather was for Mayweather's 50 and 0 record to really set the boxing all-time Don't record. Don't you feel for like you're being bamboozled, though? Don't you feel like it was already in the works? Of course it was. Of course and it was. And I think the drama of him saying, "No, no, I'm retired. I won't fight. I won't fight. Oh, but I have to fight now for this." That's how you sell the fans and the tickets. And then Manny's got to sell the fight. I'm healthy this time. I want you, punk. Come out of retirement. You're scared of me. Uh, to me, there's nothing more WWF-ish about anything than sort of the the drama of boxing, and I think that's what that is. So not much to say about it. I still think Floyd would win, but I don't want to see it, and I wish them both well. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you both well, but I don't want to see it. Do you, I mean, don't you, do you know what I mean? It's sort of like, uh, yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for uh, – Giving us what the fans really wanted a decade later. Thank, thanks, a, thanks a lot. <laughs> so, listen, the season's almost over. Let's jump into it. we got to talk NBA. Everybody is excited. It's, matter of fact, I want to show it. we got, we got to hit it off with it. Now time for NBA Talk. Now that's excitement. So, Woo! Woo! 72 and 9, that's where we'll start. Obviously, we'll get into the playoff picture. Kobe, you've got meaningful games going on right now as we speak for the playoffs. 
A quick update, the Houston Rockets are putting it on Minnesota right now. Was it 52-33? So Houston is trying to stay alive for the playoffs. Um, I know the Jazz are playing. Going to get an update with the Jazz score. Um, no, Utah doesn't tip off till later. They tip off at nine. Okay, they didn't. They, they haven't started yet. A couple okay. minutes, yeah, against Dallas. And of course, of course, Kobe's down, but it's a close game, 34-32. So you know you can't you can't be too upset because it's not the last game for Kobe, but it's the second to last, and you just have to wait to see that tomorrow on ESPN two. Glad they're airing it. But let's talk about Warriors Spurs and Warriors Bulls and sort of the the two teams and the errors. Did you at all honestly think that the Spurs were going to be able to win that game and play for going 41-0 at home yesterday? I mean, as the game was going, I mean, there was a moment there where they were kind of in it, but did you really – I kind of feel like, to me – the Warriors' desire momentum is greater than anybody else's in the league for achieving their goal and their history. Do you know what I mean? And I don't know if Pop and the Spurs care so much, but I've also come to the place, Reg, where I feel like the Spurs, where they used to be the big three, they're only the big two. And I don't even know if there's a third guy that wants to step up. Right now, if LaMarcus and Kawhi do not get 20 or 25, 26 plus, Spurs seem like they're they're struggling to get points. What, what do you think about that? And Curry's thirty-seven, five and five. Oh yes, I am MVP again, fellas. When both of these teams are playing at their best, Golden State is better. Um, it, the Spurs really don't match up well against these Warriors. They beat them once, so they were one and three against the Warriors. But the Warriors are too young, too athletic. If you think about it, the Spurs only have one guy, and that's Kawhi Leonard, that can go up and down with the Warriors. And they just keep coming at you. They, I mean, the, 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 the roster of the San Antonio Spurs is great. They have specialists, right? They have guys like Danny Green, and they have guys like David West, and they have guys like... Uh, um, you know, Patty Mills, and they have guys like uh, everybody except obviously Aldridge and and, uh, and Kawhi are their stars. Uh, even Tim Duncan at this point is a role player in his career. Uh, Tony Parker's on the downside of his career. Mono's a role player. They're fading fast, right? They're fading exactly. And when you go against a young team that keeps coming at you and goes up and down and up and down, up and down the court, it's a bad matchup for the Spurs. So even though the Spurs roster is great. Now, the good thing is they play every other day, and maybe coaching-wise, Pop can do it to, to Kerr and maybe matchups, and maybe he can throw some things at them that they haven't seen, and maybe they adjust better. But you know what? That's a tough, tough matchup. It's almost like it reminds me a little bit of a couple years ago when the Spurs just got ran through by the Thunder. It just you just saw the younger, more stuff, and they were up two zero. Remember, they were up two zero, and then the Thunder just went through them four in a row. They just were studlier, if that's a word, younger, bigger, fast. They weren't bigger like size wise, but they were they were just a, a well, the first can't match, handle when Draymond plays. Let's be honest, they can't handle when 
Draymond plays center. Except that, except that the last game, that not this, not the last two where they lost, but the game that right. they won, LaMarcus Aldridge put it on him. LaMarcus Aldridge, what, he had 26 yeah. and 13. So you that was the one game where they that. punished him from playing small. Right. They, they have to punish them more, but I just think that, look, if you're going to, you know, go with LaMarcus and Kawhi at the 5-4 and four, and the Warriors are going with Iguodala, or if you want to say Barnes is the four, Iguodala, Barnes and Green, the Spurs have got to go inside and make them pay for that. And I just, for me, I was sort of surprised that they were not able to, you know, and LaMarcus and Kawhi both had good games. I don't remember what they got, I think 26 and 28 or something. You know, LaMarcus had a very good game. But, you know, watching that game, it just made me see and realize, honestly, how special Steph Curry is. I mean, it's uh, – 37, five and five and his shots and Ray, his floaters, releasing it on the way up and just his timing, his rhythm. You know, I love pop calling those timeouts after hit the back-to-back threes because pop's like, look, I'm not trying to let the momentum build, but it's like a freight train. You can't even stop it if you want to. And we talk about it, like how the shot selection is just insane. 25, 27 footers, but he takes them and he makes them. And you know, their big three right now of Green, Thompson, and Curry, it's just, it's hard, right? Because Green is like the most versatile player in the NBA besides probably LeBron and Westbrook um, and Kawhi. And you've got Thompson, who's probably the best defensive two guard. You know, he's probably ahead of Butler in that and the top, you know, easily top three best two guards in the league. And then you got Curry, you know, who's top one or two best points and the best scoring point and the best scoring player. You know, it's just though they're three the guys. Are, is, ugh, it's a lot amazing. like it's almost like the pistol offense. I mean the pistol faded out, right? But you can't even in practice imitate Golden State. You don't have a guy you know, we've never seen a guy, period, that plays like Steph Curry, right? So how do you imitate him in practice? You know what I mean? How do you go out there? It's like Michael Vick, right, when he was at the top of his game. Who is playing Michael Vick on your scout team? Who is playing <laughs> Steph Curry and Thompson and Draymond? Well, and now They're that's Cam Newton. Unique, and now that's Cam Newton. You're right. And Cam There's Newton. They're such unique handle. players. You yeah. can't emulate them. So you can't even devise a scheme. Maybe you can devise it on paper, but this guy is shooting 46% from three, and they said that he shoots some ridiculous number, like 35 or 40% of his threes from 26 feet and more. You're just your brain is not trained as a as a basketball player playing ball from the age of five. Your bat your brain is not trained to guard somebody to shoot the ball from twenty seven feet. And Tony Parker can't do it right. Lay lay back and and protect the paint. You know, protect from behind the three point line. It's crazy. I mean, so this team is a matchup nightmare. Nobody else in the league looks like them. Nobody else in the league plays like them. So it's hard. It's really hard to. to I think I think your boy and execute. I think Tony Parker is fading. I really do. Watching him, it it did not. He does not look the legs. I don't know what it is. And Pop rests his guys so much. Guys barely play thirty minutes. 
and they don't look fresh. You know, they really don't look fresh. It's one of those. A lot of miles. And speaking of miles, we got to give Kobe Bryant some credit playing his last game on Wednesday. That should be fun. But Tony Parker has a lot of miles on those, you know, on those tires as a point guard. It adds up. Tim Duncan, Mono Ginobili, and this is this this Warriors team is just a terrible, terrible matchup for them. So. I mean, I hope that's that's the Western Conference Finals, uh, but we'll see. So, you know, Oklahoma City. Let me ask you this: How bad do they um, do they beat the Grizzlies Wednesday night? Because the Grizzlies are really playing for nothing unless they're trying to play to, you know, pre- prevent them from getting the record. They played them tough at home uh, Saturday. Uh, you know, it was a one-point game. They could have won, won it. They didn't. Game. Yeah, they, they really could have. Yeah. yeah, if they close a little better and Deshaun's and the team plays scrappy. They play scrappy. It's too bad they're dropping down to the sixties. Portland. Yeah, Portland is the on the move. Yeah. Oh, but now look at tonight though. Cleveland's making a statement and let everybody know that wants to talk about Atlanta being able to beat the Raptors and maybe give Cleveland a run. One hundred two eighty five. Just thought we'd remind y'all it's time for the playoffs and Cleveland is ready. So don't even think about the Atlanta Hawks touching the Cavs, ladies and gentlemen. And how about Charlotte Ray, 80 to 6 to 57 over Boston? Now that's a statement because these teams are still in contention, right, for the for the fourth seed. Charlotte's still alive for that in the four or five. I don't know how close they only have. What's the standings with that? That's that's a big win by Charlotte. Yeah, well. Let's check this it Charlotte out. team continues to amaze. I mean, going into the game right now, they have 34. Lo- so it, it'll come down to tiebreakers because right now Boston's 47 and 33. So if they lose this game, they're 47 34. Charlotte oh, have the same record. Yeah. 47 34. I don't know the tiebreaker situation. And then we got to see if Miami wins if they're playing. Right. They they're playing 47 and 33. Yeah. So this, this is going to get very hectic. So it it's turns out to- that. It's going to come down to the last game of the season, which for most teams is going to be Tuesday or Wednesday. That's amazing. This is a big win by Charlotte, though. I, I'm surprised that Boston's playing so poorly. It's at Boston. That's pretty crazy how you could be the fourth, fifth, or sixth seed, and that's a big difference. You're either hosting in the first round or not hosting at all. You know, if you're the sixth seed, you're you're basically playing, even if you win that 3-6 series because Atlanta – can be taken, um, your potential is going on the road. Miami, unless uh, one of these teams is like, look, we'd rather be out of the 4-5 so we don't have to play Cleveland, then we got a better chance of beating Toronto or Atlanta in the second round. I don't know. Maybe. We'll see, we'll see how I mean, that they plays wouldn't out. Say it, they wouldn't say it outright, no, but, no, but you know, they might be so thinking it. The, the GM and, and the Pacers, Ray, they clinched the playoffs. Uh, two franchises, great history. Um you know, so good for the Pacers and good for the Pistons. Stan Van Gundy's back in the playoffs. And then in the West, wow, we thought Houston was dead, Ray. And it's like they've got 39 lives. They refuse to lose. They're only um, one game back, 39-41 and 40-40 and 40 for Utah. Utah plays Dallas tonight. We'll see how that turns out. And um, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, is this uh, and Dallas is forty-one and thirty-nine? What do you think is going to happen with? Uh, 
Houston. I, you know, I take a deep breath because this this Houston team is just driving me crazy. Uh, well, and but they play you know Minnesota what? and they're winning. So. Yep, they're winning, taking care of business. So I'm still going to say that Utah takes care of business. Yeah. I, I, I have a feeling that this Utah team – now, Dallas <laughs> – the thing is, Utah plays Dallas tonight, right? So and then they go to LA Dallas for that last wins, game with Kobe. Yep. If Dallas <laughs> wins, they're in. So Dallas, yep. you know, obviously has incentive to win this game. If Utah wins, I think that they are in a better situation than the tiebreaker with Houston. So, oh, and and then and then Utah's got uh, oh god, and then Utah's got the Lakers. You know what? I'm I'm gonna stick to my guns. I'm gonna say Houston is out because they're so up and down. And just when you expect them to lose, they win. And just when you expect them to win, they lose. And that's why they're 39 and 41. Um, They might win tonight, but I'm still gonna say they're gonna be on the outside looking in. They they are gonna win tonight, right? They're up 20 at the half against Minnesota. Yeah, I think I think honestly, for some reason, Utah. I think Houston's gonna get in. I think Utah loses to Dallas tonight at home. And I think they lose at L.A. For some reason, I think the emotions, for some reason, L.A. is going to win that game. They're going to rally for Kobe. So we'll see how so it plays we'll out. Have, we'll have to see the tiebreaker, too, with uh, with that situation between Utah and Houston. Because then if Houston wins, you know, if they win tonight, they'll be 40-41. and 41. And if they win their last game, then if Utah loses two, obviously they're in. But if they, if they split, then there's a tie. Tiebreaker, yeah. So let's um, – before we close out with some baseball, man, let's let's look at this NHL playoffs. Um, I think playoffs. in the beginning, playoffs. I think in the beginning of the season, we both had similar picks. I think I went like Blackhawks and Lightning. I think you went Capitals and I don't, I don't, did you go Capitals Kings? I can't remember what you picked. Do you remember? Yeah, uh, Ducks. Ducks. You went Ducks. Okay, that's right. So going into it, you know, we don't need to go round by round or whatever, but just who, looking at it in the matchups, who do you think is going to wind up standing? We'll start with the East. I mean, do you think the Panthers have enough? Is it the Capitals, the number one seed going in? It's the Stars and the Capitals, uh, the two number one seeds from the East and the West. What, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think, do you think they have enough, the uh, Capitals? Is this their year finally? I'm telling you who won't be in it, and that's a Canadian team. That <laughs> right there. Kind of amazing. No Canadian Only team the third since 69, 70. Yeah, yeah, third time in history. That's kind of rough for Canada, right? For hockey, this is their sport, really, and it's like, sorry, you can't play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But enough so, of Canadian players and European players are on these American teams, so it shouldn't be that big of a deal. You know what? Every year they disappoint, and every year they're at the top, and they've got the best score of this generation. Well, I know you're not going to pick the Flyers to upset the Capitals, right? You think the no, Capitals? No, 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 okay, no, good. no, no. I'm going to say that the Capitals are going to put it together. I really do. I think that this is a team that talk about chomping at the bit that they've been there. <laughs> Right there, but never uh, really advanced. They're like the Denver Nugget teams, those uh, Carmelo's Nugget teams, or or your boy 
Kevin Garnett's Minnesota teams. But yeah. you know what? Yeah. They're the they're the complete team this year. They're second in the league in goals scored. They're second in the league in goals against. They have Alex Ovechkin, the the, the game's only 50-point scorer. And only 18 losses on the whole season. Yeah, all, you know, basically we're, we're around the best record of all time in NHL history, 120 points. Um, Kuznetsov, they, they've, got, they've got your boy Hopi in goal. They're good. They're about as good a team on paper as we've seen in a while, and I think that coming up short every year, I, I think this is their year. I think they make it at least to the Stanley Cup Finals. I like this Washington Capitals team. I'll say this. I think the Caps are going to make it out too. I would be concerned about either the – you know, now they're playing each other, so that helps, but I would be concerned about the Penguins or the Rangers because both those teams have the makeup to beat the Capitals. I don't really fear anybody else, especially the Lightning without uh, Stampos. That's a big hit for them. So to me, I think the Capitals get out and they got to watch out for those two teams. And my upset in the first round would be the Islanders over the Panthers. That's my, my upset special. Now let's go to the West. Now you, you were definitely feeling the Ducks. Right now everybody's talking about the Stars and the Blues. Who makes it out in the West, Ray? You know what? I'm going to stick with my Ducks. <laughs> They're a big team. They're a physical Black team. Black the curious Exactly. Joy. They got your boy Ryan Getzloff at center. He makes it happen with the, the, with the assist. He he's, he's kills a power play. He's on the power They've got the best defense, so they've got the best goals against, and they are the most efficient on the power play, and they kill the power play. And they kill penalties as well. So these are the metrics and the formula that wins close playoff games. And I just but. have this feeling. No, I have this feeling Anaheim's going to do it. Look, they don't score. So if you get into a shootout, Anaheim can't really well, keep up with you. But they're that's big in their the problem if they and- play the Kings or the Blackhawks with clutch scorers, with goalies that get hot. You know, you get quick and you get these guys getting hot. And to me, you have to be wary of the Blackhawks because we know that their guys have been there. The playoffs come along and something happens. Now, look, they're they're matched up against the Blues in the first round, so that's going to be tough as heck. So I see where you can feel your ducks because maybe the Blackhawks get clipped and the Blues, I don't know how great the Blues match up with the ducks. But for me, Ray... I am going to say, for some reason, who you got? I'm going to go with Dallas. Okay. I'm going to go well, with. They the, can definitely score, right? Yeah. Well, ben and, and Tyler Sagan, they can score. So that that two that one two combo. I mean, may, maybe they do like the Tampa Bay did a couple years ago, and they just boom boom. You know, they. Uh, they have the that offensive the West, firepower. They're going to be a little bit open. I, now, I would watch out for the Kings just because we've seen them get hot in the playoffs. And that's the one thing you have to watch out for. But I'm going to go with Dallas against the Capitals. Even though there's something inside my spirit that say the Capitals won't do it, then you've got to look for the Rangers or the Penguins. But 
I'll just say, um, but I think Dallas is going to, uh, they're going to win it all. They're going to upset Washington. So I look for the Dallas Stars to bring one down there to the Big D. All right. All right. I like it. I like it. Now, wait, you're going to take the Capitals over the Ducks? Yeah, I think I'm going to go yeah, all the way to Washington. You got to ride with him. Keep it at the nation. You got to ride with him, man. Alex. Now he could disappoint you one more time. Oh God, could he not? And he, you know what? Then, then he becomes Barry Bonds, uh, A Rod. He becomes that that guy that was clearly the best of his generation, but just couldn't seal the deal. Alex, it took him till '09 to come in, you know, with with uh, CC and Teixeira coming to, to help him. But the janky yeah. baby. So perfect segue, and with that, we have to start with the perfect team. Congratulations to the Baltimore Orioles, 9-7 win. They are now 6-0. and They went up to Boston and put it on the Red Sox. How is this Oriole team doing it, Ray? I mean, we know about them losing some bats, but they still have Adam Jones. They still have pretty Manny decent Machado. And Machado, but they have probably what we believe is the top three manager in baseball in Buck, 6-0. and Heck of a start. What, what do you think about the Orioles? And, and maybe we need to rethink uh, the type of season they could potentially have. Or is there just like, ah, it's still early. They'll probably fade. What are you feeling with Baltimore? I think it's still early, and, and they're going to fade. Look, the AL East, we said, is really balanced yeah. and tough. And at the same time, it's open, right? So I, I predicted the Royals, and I think you did the Orioles, sorry, and you did too, to come in last. And they still might, but the thing is the difference between last and first might be, you know, 88 games to 80 games. So it's only eight games are going to separate those five teams. So I wouldn't be surprised if any team comes in first or last. I still think the but Red look, Sox are if, – if, Let me – not to cut you off, but real quick. If you have Davis and Trumbo, you know, driving in these runs the way that they are. Strike I mean, out five, so much, though. Oh, and, you know, at the God. same time, they might hit a three-run homer. But, you know, it's like Earl Weaver, right, the the, the plan for the three-run homer. Big boy ball. Well, you know, they strike out a lot too. And and in clutch situation in August, September, I don't know. You can you can get these guys out. I, I would agree with you. I don't think they're – over a season, they're, they're, they're not average hitters, right? They're more – you know, meat is, is all feast or famine. Um, so that will be an issue. But um, I don't know. Maybe uh, Bucks got something going that we don't know. It's got Jones, you know, both the Joneses playing well and Machado and record. I mean, this, this is, this is going to be interesting. I, I'll say this. It's exciting to see. Um, it's a good fan base down there, you know, and, and uh, it's exciting to see them get off to a good start. So then that way, even if they fade, maybe they're going to be in the picture for, you know, a couple of months, keep baseball exciting down in that area. Now you already know another team with a good start, the Nats, the Braves haven't won anything. The Nats just took the lead from them. They're up 5-4. The Reds and Cubs having great starts. They're battling each other tonight. And those Cincinnati Reds are hot. Oh, man, I love it. I love- <laughs> Can I tell you, boys, if this team, Ray – you know I'm going to lose my freaking mind if the Cincinnati Reds wind up shocking the world and even even get a wild card or 
even let's just say they went, you know, 81 games, I would be, uh, you'd have to just be like, wow, what they get rid of their best reliever and best pitcher. And then everything just turns. Okay. That'd be amazing. That's a story to write, you know? So, but uh, what are you thinking about the Royals so far, right? The defending champs losing tonight, but having a good start as well. You think they just keep on rolling like always? Yeah, it's a marathon, and I think the Royals have won it a couple times, and they know what it takes, so they'll be fine. I think that uh, that Royals team is built for the playoffs, and they know what they need to do to get there, and I think right now they're the chased. So they're going to learn how to play that role. I mean, last year they were getting into fights. Remember this time last year they were getting into yeah. fights and, and trying to you know not back down from anybody, and now I think all that nonsense is, is – is behind them, and they're just, look, we win. We win games, and we go to playoffs. That's what we do. Now, they're losing tonight to the Houston Astros, but those good. two teams are, are, are pretty good teams. Now, going back to the Orioles, and then on the other side in the AL West, the Oakland A's doing really big things. Is it one of those things by the end of April, will Ray and Tay have to be writing I'm sorry letters to the Oakland A's and the Orioles? So the A's are only four and three. I think that uh, they happen to be in a division where four and three puts you at the top of that division. So not really concerned about the A's doing big things. Um, the Orioles, like I said, it, it, it's altogether possible. I still think they'll be. I, I think they'll be fifth in that division, but I'll say fourth or fifth in that division. So I'm not worried. I think that it's it's, it's just early with these two teams. Just early. And then we have to give our props to our guy. I think he's new on Twitter. It looks like it's officially him, but he doesn't have a blue check that he, he liked our tweet. Trevor Story. What is the deal? This guy is on fire. Seven homers. Story. I mean, think about this. He was a late addition to the roster. I want to see his jersey sales because that's got to be crazy. If it wasn't for Jose Reyes getting into trouble, this guy, kid may not have made the roster, let alone start opening day. And he had the best four-game run in rookie history, and he had the best six-game run in Major League Baseball history. So, and he's 6'1", 180. He's a little dude. I mean, in, by baseball standards, right, some of these guys are just monsters. So yeah. he is the Don Mattingly of – remember that year when Don Mattingly hit all those home runs and he had the eight grand slams? And you look at him and you're like, Mark McGuire is a big dude who hits from, from his you know, upper body. And they keep saying that Mattingly generates – and that's why when his back went out he couldn't play anymore – but Mattingly generates his power from his legs. And so this kid is 23 years old, just generating power, and, and nobody expected this. Not not only the, the hitting, but the hitting for power from a shortstop. Yeah, it's uh, it's incredible. And just happy for him. Um, you know, that's the type of stuff. Okay, now I found the real Trevor story, so that wasn't the real one, but that's okay. But you know what? I think he's got a bright future ahead of him and it's refreshing to see. And, you know, listen, you just hope he gets to keep the position and just have, like I said, I I got him down for 27 homers and let's see what happens. But right now the pace that he's on, I mean, he might be a little bit more surprising and be somebody that 
everybody did not know that he was, you know, which sometimes in baseball, it, it's possible, right? You know, you don't look at Mariano Rivera. I mean, it's not always, you don't always have to be the biggest guy to be so dominant, whether it's a pitcher or a hitter. You know, we talked about Craig Biggio being small. I mean, different guys seem to, you know, do different things. Quick question. I, 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 we talk about this era and saying goodbye to Manning, Jeter, and Kobe, and it is the end of the era. And, you know, we just got to give Kobe a thanks for the memories, the, the talent, everything. One quick note. His rookie year, he averaged seven points a game, the same as Bobby Porter's has now. And I'm not saying that to say that Bobby Portis is going to be Kobe, but fans just need to sometimes be patient. He got really good really fast, but Kobe, you know, didn't have a great first season, was coming off the bench, and he had to develop. He came out of high school. But Kobe Bean Bryant has given us a, a lot, and, you know, we're going to watch him tomorrow night and, you know, his last game playing in the NBA, and it's just – just wanted to say thanks to Kobe. It's been great. You know what I mean? It's really been great. And it makes me think about these tours and saying goodbye. And honestly, I don't care what anybody says. I don't feel that David Ortiz needs or deserves some sort of goodbye tour. And I want to ask you, is that because I'm a Yankee fan or do I not respect his game as a DH and potential, you know, PED rumors do you agree with me? Am I sort of being heavy-handed? No, I, I, I disagree, actually. I, I think you think he deserves a goodbye tour, David Ortiz. Who the heck is David Ortiz? David Ortiz, Ortiz has three, three rings. Oh. David, Ortiz David Ortiz hit like 700 in a World Series. Uh, now, granted, he was a DH, but remember, though, in those World Series, he played first base. So it's not as if he, he never took the field, right? It's not as if he, he sat in the National League parks. And Boston is a seminal franchise. I mean, this team hasn't won in forever and a day, hadn't won in forever and a day, what was it, 86 years. And David Ortiz was an integral part of turning that curse of the Bambino around and then winning in, what, 04, 07, and then in, what was it, 13? Three rings, and, and and not not for nothing. You're trying to tell me now, putting all the PED suspicions aside, you're trying to tell me that your heart didn't skip a beat when you had Manny and David Ortiz coming up in the ninth inning, even against Mariano Rivera, and those are two guys he couldn't get out, and Edgar Martinez, but two guys he couldn't get out. When Yankees were up, you didn't have that feeling against any other team in baseball. But when those right. two were up, you were like, oof. And, 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 we got, and we got Mariano. You know, it's not like you're putting up uh, uh, some scrub out there. Yeah. I, I, I don't just, know. I think he deserves it. Okay. Maybe you're winning me over. I just – maybe it's my Yankee love and he's a Red Sox, but I felt better feelings about Jim Rice. Or 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 um, who was my guy Wade Boggs than than David Ortiz? Like I just uh, I, I don't think the three it. championships though. Yeah. The okay. Three championships. It's a big deal in Boston. Okay. Okay. Well, listen. Right now the Celtics are not a big deal in Boston, so I don't know if they're going to drop down to the sixth seed. 
but it's pretty much over 99-81. We tip our hat to Kobe. Ray, any final, you know, goodbyes? I'll say this about Kobe. Kids, two things about Kobe. He worked harder than anybody else. Definitely. He played both sides of the court. So if you're out there working on your jumper and working on your dribble and working on your game, don't forget the other side of the court. Don't forget defense. This kid was as intense and as prideful in his game on offense as he went on defense. And when everybody went home to eat, drink, and do whatever they do, he stayed in the gym to work on his game, work on his craft. So if you want to learn something from Kobe, learn what this guy did on the field and off the field. He was obsessed with his profession. And became the second best shooting guard ever and top 10 player ever. 13 points right now. And, hey, thanks for the memories, Kobe. Won't be in the playoffs. You'll have your last game Wednesday night. We'll be watching. Everybody will be watching. And we just want to give you props and say thank you because it's, it's been a fun ride. And uh, you feel like it's the end of an era. We say goodbye to Jeter first, then Manning, now Kobe Bean Bryant. Wow. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Friday, NBA playoffs preview, getting ready for Saturday tip-off. All the matchups, we'll predict everything, break it down, and um, more baseball and all the good stuff. Thanks for listening and talking sports with friends. Oh.